Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge. And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now. Welcome to another week of the Recruitment Flex. I'm Serge Boudreaux, joined by the woman, the legend, the myth, Shelly Billinger. Stop, stop. I actually messed that up. I I meant to say the myth, then the legend. So there you go. I screw up everything today. How's it going? Good, Serge. It's been a really fun week. Um, Yeah, it's been a really fun week. How about you? How have you been? I've been great. It's extremely hot. We're not going to talk about the weather. I know there's a lot going on in your world. Yeah. Yeah. You got to share me news because you're not telling me anything anymore. So I have to wait for the podcast to get a sense of what's going on in your life. We've just been so busy. So today I'm really excited. I have a surprise. It's my oldest, my firstborn male child, Chandler. It's his birthday today. And so I have a surprise for him. What do you get a 24 year old, right? Like They don't want presents. They want experiences. So there's a concert tonight being held at Hotel Arts. And so what you do is you buy, you rent the room and with the room, you're on the balcony and they've set up a stage. So they're having a live outdoor concert, but you're viewing it from the hotel. So that's fine. Yes. They've teamed up with a craft brewery. They give you a selection of craft uh, beers or wine, whichever you choose and food, and you can bring more food and I've got a birthday cake. So it's going to be so much fun. Did you buy him Skechers by any chance? (laughs) No, actually. So obviously the experience tonight is part of his gift, but the other thing is his buddy lives out on uh, Vancouver Island. And so I paid for his flight out to Vancouver Island to go golfing with his buddies. So that was, oh, you're the best mom ever. Thank you. Thank you. So I have some other exciting news about the second born male child, the second born child, also a male Parker. He made the short list and then he just finished an interview for his master's degree in uh, Leipzig, Germany, just uh, south. Yeah. Just south of Berlin. It's actually, you know, if all said and done. It's his number one choice of universities in Germany to take his master's degree. That's very exciting. So we're pretty close. I think we'll find out here in the next week or two if he's accepted to Leipzig. And Berlin is such a great town. It's one of the favorite cities I've ever visited. And and sorry to bring up the Skechers because Jesse Ryan, uh, who's been on our show and is an avid listener, mentioned on on LinkedIn (laughs) that all the teenage girls are wearing Skechers, which I haven't seen. I guess that's in Ontario. I don't know if you saw, but I did respond to him saying, I'm sure they're not the same Skechers that you wear. Not that I've seen your Skechers, <laughs> but I have a mental picture of them. And I bet you they're not that trendy. But anyway, you know I, I think you're thinking of Crocs. Not Skechers. No, no. I know what Crocs are. Crocs are way cooler than Skechers. Like Crocs I would are wear so Crocs fucking ugly. Oh my God. Do you know that? But they, they are. Came, but they came they're out very trendy right now. They are. They are. And they've come out with a high heel Croc. Yeah, I saw that. I won't, I won't be buying it. I won't be buying it. Is it a real thing? I don't think it's a real thing. I think it's just someone that actually cut off a heel and installed it on a croc. I don't think croc officially has come out with a heel (laughs) croc. I might be wrong. So listeners, please, if somebody link, send it to me. Um, So what are we going to talk about today? So we have three things we're going to talk about. The first one is the fact is 
there's already precedent set around new hires and mandating them to be vaccinated before they get hired. Perfect. This is going to be a hot topic. The second one, we're going to talk a little bit about employer branding. I don't think we've chatted about that in a while. You and I are big fans. I think I'm a bigger fan than you are. Maybe we'll arm wrestle on that. James Ellis made some awesome points about your big ass claims that you make on your employer branding. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then the third one is an article that I know you spotted first on Indeed, but then we found some other kind of supporting evidence around what's going on again, like what the fuck's happening in the labor market? This, the newest trend is all this urgent hiring immediately, get hired today, hired on the spot. So we're going to talk about that. So now let's come back to the first thing here. There has been court rulings now in the U S that allows an employer to make it mandatory that your new hires are vaccinated. In fact, when it was challenged in the courts, the judge basically shamed the the lawyers that brought forward, even how could you argue it? It was thrown out that quickly, like just basically get out. I don't even want to hear your argument. It's so absurd. Just leave. So there's one check mark maybe for the U.S. legal. I know that they've got much recourse where they can take it up to a higher court and on. But if there was one very swift decision, that was it. So I wanted to ask you, Serge, what do you think that's going to mean in, so that's for new hires. Okay. Yeah. So what do you think that's going to mean for, because we'll always have to accommodate people who for some reason, medically validated, what have you are not, or cannot receive vaccination. So what do you think that's going to look like in the workplace? I'm a little bit more curious of what you think initially. So let me (laughs) bounce it to you. How, How do you feel about this? So interesting because I know they're certainly here in Canada. There's much discussion going on in the HR community. Can you mandate an employee, this, their body. I know the U S courts were very swift to make the decision and say, so what did you really say their body, their choice? Is that what you were going to say? I'm saying that's what HR people are debating the pros and cons. I'm not saying that's my position on it. Believe me, I'm not, but I am listening to what is being discussed in the HR community. I swear to God, I swear to God, Serge, I heard it straight out of somebody's mouth. I guess what really worries me is those people who can't or won't get vaccinated, current employees, can an employer force you? They can require you then to wear a mask and they can require you to social distance because you're not vaccinated. So I've got this picture in my head of somebody wearing basically the cone of shame because they're not vaccinated. You need to stay away from everyone you need to keep your mask on and the rest of us are going to carry on with life because we're all vaccinated. Right. Yeah. It then becomes the cone of shame. They're being shunned. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I know what you're saying and and I get that there's going to be, although a very small population, we're talking less than 1% that medically can't get vaccinated. If you look at the US right now, mm-hmm. they're probably never going to get to herd immunity, uh, meaning they're never going to hit 75% of the population vaccinated to basically get 
the only way you fully get rid of something like this is herd immunity. It's not going to happen in the U.S. Canada is still up for debate. We're definitely trending at a higher rate, even though we're behind in vaccinations. But the trend is we're going to get to 75%. Then in reality, this without carriers, the, the virus dies. So yes, there is a very small population. But what's going to happen is a ton of people claiming that they have a medical exemption. And we're seeing it with these masks saying we have a medical exemption. In reality, they have no medical exemption. And they're using very similar words to the people in HR, my body, my choice, which if I was a woman would be the biggest fucking insult that I've ever heard. This is completely different. Thank you my- for pointing that out. That's a it, really good point, Serge, because what an insult. It, it is almost like, what do they call that? Appropriation? Yes. That term has always had a very specific reference. Okay, I'm going to write that down. That's a really good point. And I feel like a dope that it didn't click in my head when I was in the conversation with some HR folks. The big difference and where this drives is this is a public safety. So not everyone can get vaccinated. And for whatever reason, um, they're going to need to be protected, unfortunately for them, because there is that population that is more based on what they see from the dude on YouTube um, that has conspiracy theorists, the conspiracy yeah. theorists, the people that yeah. do not believe in vaccinations. I, I was actually asking uh, my wife's mom about this not long ago. I'm like, why is there a hesitation with vaccinations compared to in your days mm-hmm. and even in the generation after there wasn't? And And she said something to me that really struck out to me. She's like, What happened with smallpox and the measles, it was very visible how many children suffered. And and so my mother-in-law had the measles, almost died from it. So when there's a cure that can actually eradicate this, no one hesitated when it came to protecting their children. It was a completely different story. Mm. And we didn't have social media with these idiots fucking propaganding just bullshit nothing that's actually factually based it's like when someone says do your own research i'm like oh so you're going to do a hundred thousand clinical tests on your own basically what they're doing when they say research is finding someone that has conspiracy theories on parlor or or on facebook if you are looking for something you can find it so if you're looking for i think they call it an echo chamber if you're looking for to confirm your thoughts or your conspiracy, or I heard something to that effect. It it doesn't take much more than knowing how to type words on a keyboard to find someone who will agree with you or support your opinion. It is a very dangerous thing. It is. It it was extremely dangerous. Social media has been the biggest danger when it comes to propagating this type of information. Here are the facts. 600,000 people have died in the U.S., 600,000. And when you say, oh, it's less less than 1% of the population dies, 600,000. So we're just going to let people die out. If we would have left it by itself, there would have been millions of Americans died. That is more than every war that they've ever had combined. Isn't that crazy to you that we're just willing to sacrifice 600,000 people? Lives. Yes. Lives. Like these are our grandparents. These are our dads. These are our aunts. These are our mothers. I had someone in our family pass away from COVID. 600,000 people. This is a public health. If you cannot get vaccinated, you probably want to wear a mask anyways. And I know that doesn't seem fair, 
but you got to find a way to protect yourself. And there is evidence that a mask, although it protects others more than it protects you, is the case. So I have absolutely no issues for your political, which it should never be political, but it has been and it has been because of one president that actually almost died from COVID. And if he didn't have the type of medical medical care, (laughs) access to medical care that he has, he would have passed away. This has been politicized in so many ways. I have no issues with companies mandating getting vaccinated before we Mm -hmm. can hire them. The only way we're going to get out of it is people getting vaccinated. If we didn't have the idiots that were anti-vax, we'd be protecting those people that uh, just can't get vaccinated for whatever medical reasons. So I I do not sympathize with those people. Sorry to touch a nerve there. Because here's where I always hesitate, right? There's such a difference between the American legal system and the Canadian legal system. And there's a big difference for what employers will do here in Canada versus what employers will do in the U.S. And and so right now, it's still very much everybody's saying, what are you doing? I don't know. What are you doing? And, And that's how nothing ever seems to get decided until finally a group decided to take it to the U.S. courts. Because... Again, we're confusing or mixing the two. However, I think it's important because eventually Canada does tend to follow suit with whatever America does. It depends. I don't think we will on this case. I think when it comes to vaccination and public health, I think we have less a divide. And not saying we don't have a divide. We still do. We're seeing in numbers there is less propensity of people not to get vaccinated. To give you an idea, in some of the states... They are way below 50% that will get vaccinated, which is a major issue because it's going to keep hanging around. New variants come out, becomes an issue for new vaccines. Back to the employment side of it. Yeah. My personal views, I have no issues that you have to mandate people get vaccinated before they get hired. And I have no issues of them have to be vaccinated before they can come in an office. It's an issue of public safety. 600,000 people have died. Vaccinations have proven that they work. In California, 99.8% of the people that are in the hospital or in ICU or have died are unvaccinated. 99.8%. So it just proves how vaccinations work. Here in Alberta, two months ago, 2,000 cases. Yesterday, 42. It just proves that vaccinations work. So I don't think the science is there. My whole thing is hashtag trust science. Uh, I'm not going to believe someone in the internet. I saw somebody with a mask. I saw somebody with a face mask that was hashtag trust science. And she was wearing a Pfizer jacket. Oh, there he was. She's hardcore. (laughs) I was like, yay. Let's just close this topic off. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you feel it's discrimination? I look at it exactly the same way that I wouldn't allow someone to come in with a gun in my office, even though it's legal in the state or in the province that I'm in. Interesting position. I do believe that if employers are bringing people back and again, say you've got a building with over a thousand people in it, I believe it'll be your responsibility to declare to your employer that I am unvaccinated and it will be the employer's, I believe, obligation to ensure that if you, for, for religious reasons, God knows what, but are unvaccinated, that it, they will be able to mandate that you mask up and social distance. Yeah, or find accommodations that make yeah, sense. They're not going to fire you. Can you, you can't fire somebody for refusing to get vaccinated. But what 
you can do is mandate them to wear a mask and to social distance. So that's an accommodation. Uh, I, Why is the question? Like to just take it at face value? No, it is the employer's responsibility to find out what is there a legitimate reason? What is the legitimate reason? Do we legitimately have to accommodate them? All right, let's move on to the next topic. Okay, I'm go, going go, go. to do this. And if James is listening, no, you're not the biggest fan. I'm his biggest fan. So stop sucking mm, up again. No. How many of his books have you bought? All of them? <laughs> All? Yeah. I, I introduced, okay, let's, let's take a friends. step back here. You never knew about the man until I introduced you to him. You had no clue who James <laughs> Ellis was. So I'll take credit. But anyways, okay. you can fangirl all you want about James Ellis. Okay, I so think we... we- I love his sense of humor. I, I think we both agree. Me up. Oh my God. Exactly. When it comes to employment brand, there's no one that really understands employment brand as well as James Ellis does. I get his newsletter. Please subscribe to it if you don't, because every week there's really insightful mm-hmm. data articles that really Maybe. go into employment brand and recruitment marketing in general. Yeah. So drop the link in the show. I good, will. Good, good, good. So one of the things that he points out this week that every employer brand is filled with claims pretending to be facts. So what does that mean? And I think I'll give you some of um, the employer brand taglines, but say, we care about our employees. We offer people autonomy and freedom. And everyone's favorite is great place to work. Oh, groan. (laughs) What did they say? A, we're a great place to work. And I said, oh, grown. Good. Okay. Oh, come on. So it's like anyone can make those claims. Yeah. Uh, is it actually based on facts? A lot of it seems very aspirational or it's contextualized. In, in other words, it's just lies. Uh, and you said something like episodes ago that really hit me and it stuck with me since is show me the receipts. Show me the proof. What's your overall thoughts reading this? Yeah. So James, as always, just finds the most comical way to get his point across because it's like almost like the Seinfeld effect. And when you hear it said as a joke, it's like so true, right? Um, because we're a great place to work is I would throw down a challenge here. Go on 10 companies' websites to read their employer value proposition. And I challenge you to find one that doesn't say it's so overused. It is so diluted. In fact, it's become comical to even Mm. say that. Really, it's there's some things that are just to me, it's a sign of absolute laziness. If you're trying to find how to communicate what it's like to work at your company, or you're trying to put a little lipstick on a pig, that's really what this amounts to. And you don't actually want to put any thought, real thought into what it is like to work at your company and how to communicate that. So let's let's relate that to I just overall brand. So brand, employment brand. So if I made a statement that was completely untrue about my brand, would I be called out for it? Say I'm Nike and I said, our shoes make you fly. I'm like as an example. Mm-hmm. Would that stick in the market if your shoes actually can't make you fly? How is this treated oh my differently? God. Great point. Uh, and oh, we see this shade. all the time because every, 
Usually every brand message is fairly accurate. There's facts behind it. It might be a little bit aspirational, but some of these are just complete lies. And the people putting them out know they're complete lies. Because if you say we're a great place to work and you go in Glassdoor and you have a 2.2 rating, we probably know that's not true. So (laughs) the one point that James said, and it really hit me in the sim is employer brand job isn't to make claims, but to prove the claims. So our job is to create certainty. We want to give a real insight of what it is to work at that company. So the person can opt out or can opt in. And sometimes being really authentic and telling the bad things is, is, is not the wrong message. I think, I don't know how you feel about it. And I, I guess we're old. So we always think that the generation before and what's going to interest them. If I'm talking about generation Z, yeah, can see true bullshit. There's a lack of trust to authority and in, in corporations and it can see through this bullshit. Don't you think am I completely just being the old guy being like, oh, these people can figure it out. And we weren't smart enough to understand that all of this jargon and these employer brand messages were just pure bullshit. Am I wrong in that? No. I think that's what makes it all the more comical is when companies decide to jump on a bandwagon and say, try, (laughs) just try and relate to me. Like you're talking about Gen Z and it becomes even more of a groan when you are trying to relate to them rather than hire a Gen Z to experience your culture, give you feedback and tell it like it really is. Because those are the companies that really are going to quietly attract the type of talent that we're like, why can't we attract these people? The fact is that you just sometimes have to accept that you're going to have to hire the B and the C players. And maybe that's why, because if you put in zero effort and you just decide to post what everyone else is posting, then what? You get what you ask for. Yeah, so I challenge everyone that's listening to go see what their employer brand message is and see if it's actually accurate. One of the things that we talk, we'll see quite a bit. We're a very diverse company or we're very open. And I think, how are you proving it? Oh, you know what I love? Yeah. I love the one that says, bring your whole self to work. Are you (laughs) kidding me? What a bunch of bullshit. Nobody wants your whole fucking self. And why would you want to bring your whole self? Don't you have a life? Get a life. I don't know. Why would you want to bring your whole self? Can you not keep anything private? I don't know. Well, and and the other side of it too, companies that say that bring your whole self, then you look is they have this dress code that you need to um, wear a certain type of clothing. And the other thing, so a lot of people will say, great place for women to work. Show me the receipts. (laughs) Like, how's your childcare? If you're an employer right now, and I think COVID has been really a tipping point for a lot of people, I think a lot of people are realized that I'm done busting my ass for this corporation that doesn't give a fuck about me. And I'm not saying these are all the corporations, but there is a ton out there. So now, Mm -hmm. as a corporation, you really have to showcase and prove it because they're not believing you anymore because they've been fucked too many times. And the other factor is... The labor market has changed. Who has the power? Right now, it's the employee. So combine COVID, combine the new dynamic in the workforce, Mm -hmm. corporations are not going to be able to prove what their employer brand message is. They're going to be having a really tough time. So that is a 
perfect segue into our last topic. Yeah. And that was the Indeed article that was reporting, and that is employers using, and so this is anywhere within the job posting, that there's any mention of urgently hiring, start your shift immediate today, opening. immediate opening, like any sort of reference to this sense of urgency. And I know you spotted that article, but also, Serge, I want you to talk about where you found some some supporting evidence from, from Zip. Yeah. So Indies, basically what they're saying here is 2.3% increase in job postings that have those types of wordings, which if you take in context, 2.3% doesn't seem like a lot. It's a massive amount in just a pure volume of jobs that are posted on Indeed right. in the U.S. So there's a lot of validity behind it. But what I found interesting today, so Ian Siegel put on LinkedIn that Zip recruiter clients that are offering signing bonus have jumped tenfold. So 10 times the amount of companies that are posting signing bonus. It does two things. I think this relates to what Indeed is saying here, that companies are needing people really quickly. And they're hoping that signing bonuses will help get people across the threshold to apply for a job. Potentially, mm -hmm. I can mm -hmm. see that. And the other thing, it just shows just the market of how desperate some companies are to hire people. So a signing bonus is a quick and easy way to get people interested. It's probably cheaper than actually paying livable wages uh, so people can actually go to your work instead of a signing bonus. I personally am not a fan of sign-on bonus unless it's exceptional talent. Mm -hmm. You should be able to pay people fairly and have a good workplace that you don't need to entice them with massive sign-on bonus or massive referral bonus as well, which we see. What was your overall thoughts there? The Indeed article was great because it pointed out not just, okay, this is a trend, yeah. And it also pointed out what are the other things employers are doing, which, as you say, sign-on bonus is one that was also identified as part of a trend. The other thing was, I think they said posting your pay rate as well. Yeah. And the other factor is people are still skeptical about going into the office because of oh, COVID. Yes, of course. So there was a bunch of stuff. But one thing that I forgot to mention is, this is not in a specific sector. This is across all sectors mm -hmm. and all verticals. So we're not only seeing in service and hospitality, we're seeing in construction, we're seeing in white collar roles, we're seeing in tech. So there's urgency across the board. But if you're having a hard time getting uh, job seekers, because there is, there's still that hesitancy. This is a time to really have those protocols in place that people feel safe at work. So it goes back to our initial topic on vaccination, how important it is. I'll tell you, I would not go into a job, into an office. If you told me that the great majority of people are not vaccinated, I'd be like, fuck off. Like I'm not going into that type of environment, even though I am at vaccinated, but there's still tons of risk in that end. So I think if you can make it safe for them, I think that's important. I think that will entice the people to potentially come back to work, mm -hmm. but pay people a living wage. In reality, we're debating in the US $7.20 minimum wage. And I know a lot of companies pay a lot more. I know the average is around 11 to $12, but 11 to $12 is $25,000 a year. Yeah. So I think, I guess the most surprising part of that article was, as you mentioned, as soon as we hear the urgent hiring, 
the assumption was always made that you're referring to McDonald's food service jobs. Yeah. And this is proof that it is across industry sectors. So that I think is something we should all tuck into our pocket and realize, yes, it's American data, but it is a clear indication of what we can expect here in Canada as well. So a lot of topics, a lot of controversial topics. We Mm -hmm. didn't even go into some more controversial topics like Canada Day, Bill Cosby getting released. So I think we will hold off on those for potentially the next episode because don't want to upset too many people. Don't want to be too controversial, but we got to speak our truth, right? Yes, I agree. Fantastic. Our next show is going to be Tuesday and we will be talking to Nicole Garrity from Fairy God Boss, which I think will be a very interesting conversation. I'm so looking forward to that. Yeah. Anything else going on in your world? No, just a lot of parties, grad parties and uh, birthday parties. And I'm just so excited to be going to my first live concert. Since You're COVID. all ready for your hot girl summer, right? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> Perfect. Excellent. I am fully Thank vaccinated. Yes. I'm going to the US very soon. I'm traveling like I so I'm ready what? for my hot boy summer. I did not approve that vacation request. Excuse oh, me. Oh, <laughs> you're going to have a hard time finding me in the next couple of months. I'll be somewhere. I'll, I'll be hiding out. So great. thank you for listening, awesome. guys. Have a great week. Thanks. Bye now. Welcome, change agents, to your go to place for stories that ignite your spirit fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change Podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.